And if you are struggling in some capacity, you're often not the best person to, to see the, the clear way through. You often need someone who's outside of, you know, the actual problem to be able to look inside and go, well, hang on, here's an alternative that you may not have thought of. Welcome to Music Teacher Wellbeing. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your co-host, Wendy. This podcast is all about health, wealth and happiness as a music teacher. We get it. Being a music teacher has its own challenges and stresses. So every week, we want to share our stories as teachers. But we also want to talk to you and open up discussions about the common problems we deal with. This podcast is your weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to take your music teaching to the next level. Let's get musical. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this podcast this week. I'm joined here by Wendy Bentner-Wood and my co-host for this podcast. Wendy, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for asking. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. This is, for all those listeners out there, this is the first podcast that I get to interview somebody. And the next one... Wendy will be interviewing me. So we're going to share a couple of stories today about us as music teachers. Um, And Wendy is a fantastic influencer in the music education space that I've been following for quite a while. Um, So really excited to be with you here, Wendy. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do to the audience. Oh, gosh. Okay. So what do I do? I juggle a lot of balls because I've been in music education for over four decades now, which tells you I'm a very old lady. So I started out in music education wanting to do classroom music, but I did lots of instrumental teaching along the way. Uh, It was great whilst I had a young family to bring up as well. That instrumental teaching grew into a company where I employed over 30 teachers taught in mm-hmm. over 30 primary schools. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah. at one stage, we even franchised the business to help keep the quality as high as possible. But for various reasons, we changed back out of that and uh, opened up then four retail music schools. And we've yeah. now transformed all of that into purely online. So no retail, but all online so we organize everything online i'm now based in central victoria even so done the real tree change thing but i'm still teaching always teaching now in classroom and instrumental as well still with loads of teachers online shop coaching loads of teachers you name it i've got my finger in almost all the pies that i can find (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing i feel that You've really adapted. You've really adapted to this whole changing landscape of music education, um, and definitely going forward, you can see how um, an online presence and, uh, I guess, managing people online and managing students online will become more and more important with our music lessons itself. What do you think? Look, I've always loved technology. Uh, The idea being that it automates things, makes things more efficient, Mm. more accountable, more shareable as well. Uh, But it it 
is something that you've got to take the time to learn. You've got to research and find the right technology. And these days, I think we're very fortunate because with the current health climate that we're in, being able to use technology and be online, whether that's communication with your students or actually delivering your lessons online has actually become yeah. a vital way of keeping your music teaching alive. Mm -hmm. So I like to be flexible and I like technology when it works. Um, but yeah. also I think just the changing landscape of being in business, you have to be constantly looking for what's going to give you quality and what's going to give you the most efficient and workable business. Absolutely. You're in business too. So you must like technology. I do. I do. I love technology. And I think that, um, I think that sometimes, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, as you said. Um, but most of the time, uh, the kids that I teach are quite adaptable and sometimes they're even better than I am. So mm -hmm. I know sometimes uh, there was one lesson where uh, there was a Zoom class and I was just I was just teaching by just pointing. And then basically the other student actually well, were pointing at sheet music and I was teaching piano. And what he did, he was like, oh, Justin, you know, I can circle that myself. I mean, <laughs> oh, and I'm like, oh, so can you write out the notes yourself then? So he just took in charge of the lesson and he taught me. <laughs> so that was really, really good. Absolutely. All those little tips make a difference, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to go into, uh, this is where you are right now. You're a very established business owner, uh, but you weren't always like this. And I really want to talk about uh, all of the things in terms of the ups and downs of business. Uh, and yeah, I would love to see if you could tell a story to the audience of one of your more challenging times in your business. And I guess what you really learned from that as well. Well, because we've been in business for, as I said, decades, there have been numerous ups and downs, some really great high points and other times when it's been a real struggle uh, to the point that I have a number of times thought, maybe I should get out of this business and, you know, sell it or, or close it down or whatever. Uh, so I do know what struggle looks like. I think the, the most challenging time that I would, I will never forget is we had a lot of family trauma in, gosh, when was it now? It was in the, the nineties um, mm -hmm. and early two thousands. So we had uh, my parents, my parents-in-law very sick, uh, managing Alzheimer's, looking after them, uh, mm -hmm. Parkinson's. We ended up having three deaths within 12 months. I uh, mm. had two very sick children at the same time uh, with some mental health issues and other physical problems. Mm. And at the same time as all of that, we had, you know, uh, various issues with the business, with the staff that we had who were not actually doing what they were supposed to be doing. So there was a lot of mm. pressure of managing staff and ultimately the the stress that that caused made me take my eyes off the really important parts of being in business 
And if you look at being in business in a cold sort of business like light, you're, you're there to produce an income. So if you take your eyes off the financial side or the numbers, you know, your student numbers and what your income and expenses are, then that's when trouble can strike, which is exactly what happened with us. We took our eyes off the ball. We had people who were basically taking advantage of their positions and uh, it became financially very difficult as well as being uh, family trauma happening at the same time. So It's, it's difficult to manage that sort of trauma and be the person in charge. Um, so mm. it, and that's, I guess, one of the reasons why I find this idea of this podcast particularly relevant, looking mm. after yourself and well-being relates back oh, yeah. to that, that big challenging time that, that I went through because that was many years of stress. Yeah. So that was a very long answer for a short question. No. That was that was the, that was a really good answer, and I appreciate you being honest. I think very often we we think our suffering is esoteric, but so to hear somebody has gone through something either similar or of I guess greater magnitude um, really puts into perspective that we are in this for a journey, and we're into this for a marathon of being a music teacher. Uh, what's one takeaway from that particular time period that you you take with you today and remind yourself today? The biggest takeaway is about looking after myself better. And it's a lesson I have to keep reminding myself to learn. Um, So in that particular instance, I was looking after my mother. I was Uh, looking after my children I was looking Mm. after my husband I was looking after my staff and Mm. I was just very lucky to have some very close friends who basically said to me you know you have to look after yourself you're in trouble you're struggling and uh, you know you need that push sometimes so I think you have to look after yourself sometimes before you look after or before you can look after everyone else properly because if you fall Mm. over then someone else has to help pick you up again potentially that's that's a really good lesson um and just to build upon that i think that the right friends will support you no matter what and the right people absolutely um, social circle and family members will understand your boundaries the actually the right people also know how to look after you and you don't need to look well <laughs> you don't know how to look after yourself as well yeah so you don't want to be told <laughs> well that's it isn't it friends don't yeah. friends don't lie true friends don't lie um that's right they really do say things to your face and it's actually good it's the accountability that you need to really just yeah make a change in your life Exactly. Yeah. Cause you do get so bound up in your own thought processes sometimes and your own uh, ideas of, of what is the best way forward. And if you are struggling in some capacity, you're often not the best person to, to see the, the clear way through. You often yeah. need someone who's outside of, you know, the actual problem to be able to look inside and go well hang on here's an alternative that you may not have thought of so yeah yeah, to have some close friends who can do that is 
absolutely wonderful. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that uh, that your social well-being was protected by yourself and also protected by those close to you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I've still got those close friends as well, which is awesome. The from university time, would you believe? So yeah, it's great. That's awesome. I want to pivot to a, a very happy time. It can be a funny time. It can be a joyful time of your business. And just tell us a story in terms of that particular moment and how that's kind of changed you um, as you <laughs> go ahead as a music teacher. Well, there's this recurring thing that happens, which I find both funny and, and also it, it makes me happy and I guess it, it helps my confidence and everything else too. And it started happening first when we were doing school programs. So we're going back oh, yeah. years and years and years ago. And you know, the name of my business is just the very simple name of Wendy's Music. Uh, yeah. Wendy's Music School and, and the various branches of it, but it comes back to Wendy's Music. So it's named after me. And so I would go into schools where I'm not teaching, but I had teachers doing the instrumental teaching. Maybe it's on, on a specialist instrument I don't teach or different area. And I would go to visit them to see how they were going, to give them some help, to check up on how the school was, was uh, working for them and, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Basically quality control. And yeah, yeah, the yeah. teachers would introduce me to the students in their class and go, oh, look, Wendy's just come along to, to watch our lesson today. And the looks on these kids' faces and what they would come out with was always fun because go, they would say things like, what, is that the real Wendy? <laughs> or, or, or words to that effect, or is there really a Wendy? Are you the one that, you know, this is named yeah, after? And it yeah. would happen over and over and over and over again. And, it, and even some adults would occasionally do it to the point that some would say, oh, there actually is a Wendy, is there? I thought it was just called that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it can be quite funny when you see this, this surprise on people's face faces yeah. when they uh, realize that there is a real person who who has built and, and is running still the business itself so there you go yeah. that that's my my fun joy bit that'd be awesome uh even when you go to conferences or professional networking with adults as well i'm sure they'll be very very um keen to see that oh it is the personality. It is the Wendy of the yes. Wendy's music in front of me. Yes. I even get it on the phone sometimes too. People don't expect yeah. me to answer the phone, but it's like, well, you've just called my number. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Wendy from Wendy's music. Huh? I, I thought it would be admin from Wendy's music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's pretty much what they say. Yeah. But it, it is so nice for people to sort of recognize that you are the person behind the business. You know, it's not just um, any old person who's randomly been working there just for a short period of time, but it's the person who's really invested in giving them the, the best experience possible. So it's nice. Unreal. Let's talk a little bit about that personality behind Wendy itself. Uh, this is, these are a few fun questions. Uh, what are three hobbies outside of work um, that you 
gravitate to that you love to do every week? Well, I was going to say family, but family is not a hobby, is it? <laughs> oh, but it can be a joyful thing, like something <laughs> something that enriches your well-being that isn't necessarily a work conversation. Sure, sure. Well, we've got several pets and we've always had dogs. So we've always got our pets that we find them to give us a lot of fun and games. <laughs> they awesome. have got yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy personalities sometimes and, and the weird things and wonderful things that they do. And then dogs particularly are really loyal. So when you come home and have them show great excitement that, you know, even though you've only been away for 10 minutes, <laughs> they feel like you've been away for hours. They're just lovely yeah. to have. So the pets are a great, great way to wind down and calm down if you need to. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah, one yeah. so yeah. you asked for three didn't you my gosh that's okay um what is your what what are your pets um in terms of what do you have in central victoria um, well like we now dogs, have cats. our two dogs and we oh, yeah. have t- two cats and since yeah. moving up here we have now got our three chook ladies as well so we have our daily eggs delivered oh, to us awesome. absolutely and that re- really leads into my, my second hobby, if I can call it that, which yeah. since moving up here, I've been able to get back to, which is very much growing our own food. So for the healthy aspect of uh, having freshly grown food, plus the excitement of seeing it grow, you know, when you, you plant a seed and a couple of weeks later, you see it pop up out of the ground and then, a few months later, you're actually picking the produce and then being yeah. able to cook it as well. It's it's wonderful, but uh, that it's also very relaxing to be able to get out into the garden and feel the the sun and and the wind mm. and sometimes mm. the rain. Not always. Yeah. The frost in the mornings can be a bit of a killer. But uh, yeah. it, it gets you back to nature and, and that whole tree change, which we've done in the last yeah. few months, uh, or actually it's a whole year now, a whole year ago, we moved up to central Victoria, um, gets us back to nature, which is, you know, the other really important thing I find is uh, connecting with nature, with the bird life, with the, we've got loads and loads of kangaroos up here in our own property and the paddocks around us and so forth um, the goannas um, unfortunately a few snakes as well I don't particularly like those echidnas no. all <laughs> sorts of stuff it, it's just wonderful to be That's a awesome. part of part of it all yeah it's something that you didn't really get down in Rosanna and actually Rosanna's so close to where I am in Templestowe um, but mm-hmm. you don't get as much wildlife um and I guess in, I, I'm not too sure, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but your property is, is it fairly isolated? Is it evenly spaced between other farms and properties as well? We are on 50 acres of natural bush and <sighs> we are so cool. in the house itself, it, it very run down when we first moved in. <clears throat> yeah. um, it's totally off grid. So we rely on solar power and uh, some gas for cooking and hot water as well as the solar hot water. 
yeah. so everything totally off grid. So the house itself is quite independent of uh, having to be close to a, a town. But having said yeah. that, we're only about uh, six minutes drive from from the local town, which has the very basics. It has a supermarket, it has the chemist, yeah. it has a bakery, it has a post office, uh, yeah. hardware store. There is a, a good big medical center there too, which is uh, obviously yeah. important, but there's not a lot else. <laughs> so but that's it, okay. I think that's what the tree change that you wanted. Um, exactly. And the, I don't want to say it's a chase for minimalism, but yeah, I guess like, looking for a minimalist life something that's more grounded earthly yes. gets yes. you to have a good a deeper a deeper relationship with nature with food um and yeah and i think that and and animals which is the animals that you have um, exactly do you definitely feel a lot calmer than when you were um back here in melbourne absolutely it's a simpler life when you're able to be growing your own food and, and other things. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, if I ever do slow down and stop working as much as I have been doing, then the plan would be that we're able to be almost totally self-sufficient. So it brings you closer to uh, the nature with the, the change of seasons. You have to be able to know, you know, which food can grow at which season and how to look after it. Um, and it, you know how you look after the property because we're coming up for summer soon and we'll have to be thinking about bushfire prevention and that yeah. type of thing um, during winter we had a few roads that were awash with water with sudden flooding and things like that so it's quite different um, yeah. but really enjoyable because you can sit outside and you can't hear a car, you can't hear a siren, you don't have any of that noise. You hear the wind, you hear loads and loads of birds, uh, fascinating all the different bird calls. You hear our chook yeah. ladies because they make a bit of a racket <laughs> at times. Probably they have well. to. Um, yeah, to bear, exactly. Bear those eggs. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And other than that, you, you just don't hear anything other than nature itself. So it's great. That's awesome. Well, I've really enjoyed hearing all of your stories from music teacher to personality to, can I say, farmer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Not family, quite. family person. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, um, to round off this episode, Wendy, how can we find out more about you? Well, you can always go straight to my website, which is wendysmusic.com.au, as simple as I could make it. I'm also on Facebook, so you can easily find me there. I've got a couple of pages, one for our teachers if they need some help with their music school called Music School Success and one for our music school called Wendy's Music School. So jump on yeah. there and you can find my various contact information and uh, connect as needed. We'll drop all of Wendy's websites in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast, Wendy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to get onto this podcast, please contact us via the email in the show notes below. We would love to talk to you about your stories as a music teacher 
and build awareness for what is a really important topic in our space. Stay well. Stay musical. We'll see you in the next episode.